Life Hurts, God Heals. I'm one of your hosts, Kim Ward. And I'm your other host, Kurt Flagel. And on this episode, we are getting to do something new, even for us. Or maybe I should say it this way, it's a newer practice, even for us. We are going to be exploring a spiritual practice that's traditionally called Visio Divina, or Sacred Seeing. What this really is, is just another form of listening prayer. So first we'll talk a little about it before we practice it. And as we're going, we invite you to practice this with us. You'll see how easy it is as we get started. Speaking of which, let's get started. Shall we, Kim? Let's do it. Let's talk about what is Visio Divina. It's really just another form of meditation. And when I say meditation, right, most of the time what comes to mind? Uh, Maybe like Buddhist monks, you know, in a monastery doing the little, what is it, lotus, lotus position. Yeah. Okay, when you talk, though, about, about Buddhist monks, when you relate meditation, at least, to Buddhist monks, what does that form of meditation look like? What are they doing? Uh, normally, they're actually trying to clear their mind. Or empty. Yeah, empty themselves. Yes. In contrast, what does biblical meditation look like? What are we doing when we are meditating, scripturally speaking? I know this Bible talks about meditating on God's word. Uh, I heard once someone say, you know, the point of the Bible is not to get through the Bible. Reading the Bible is to have it get into you. Right. So when you're meditating on it, you're inviting God in to speak to you through his word or through, in the case of Visio Divina, through pictures. Yeah, and we're going to talk about that in just a second. But let's get the idea (laughs) of what meditation is and I think what you just said is a great understanding instead of getting things out of us mm. we are getting something into us and you you said God's word and you said those two words God's word mm-hmm. in reference to scripture yeah and then you said we're talking about Visio Divina as meditating on pictures right mm. Let's talk about that distinction right there for a minute. Are the scriptures the only way God speaks to us? No. Okay. So what are the ways from scripturally speaking, of course, we look at scripture and we see scripture as the measuring rod to help us know when God is speaking to us in other ways to make sure it lines up with scripture. So what does scripture say, what does scripture reveal to us about all the ways that God speaks to us? The still small voice being one, you know, we've talked about it before, but the voice that's in your head that sounds a little bit like you, but is saying things you wouldn't necessarily say to yourself right? or with ideas that you wouldn't have come up with on your own. Man, I relate to that because I think of my early days when I was barely involved in a church community because the guy who led me to Christ was going to this church community, so I was, but I wasn't reading scripture on my own. Yeah. I wasn't praying very much on my own, and yet to this day I know, looking back, 
I have words now, at least, to convey the fact that the Holy Spirit, who now lived in me, even if I didn't know much, Hmm. he knew a lot, and he was speaking through what you called that still small voice. He was speaking through my own spirit, my own mind, things like, if you love me, Kurt, I'm asking you to honor me through your lips, to stop saying the effort you know, every other sentence and as every adjective, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. And if you love me, Kurt, then you'll stop going to strip clubs all the time. I lived in Vegas, and that was the thing to do when you turned 21. If you weren't a Christ follower anyway, and this was a big one, if you love me, then you'll start giving me the first fruits, the first 10% of your paycheck. You'll give that to me as a way of trusting me. And these are things that I heard clearly in my own mind that no person told me. Now, what I will say is from my understanding is not everybody, at least in the beginning of the relationship with God, hears God's voice that clearly. Some of us are gifted by God, and it is a gift. It's not anything we earned. But some of us are gifted by God with the prophetic. In other words... As Isaiah 50 verse 4 describes the prophet Isaiah, he's describing himself as one who hears the voice of God, one who listens for God's voice. Some people are gifted with hearing God's voice very clearly in that still small voice. We're all called to listen, though, even if we don't hear it as clearly as I heard it in those early days. It's like some are gifted with faith. We are all called to have faith. Mm-hmm. Some are gifted. It just comes easier for them. Some are gifted with evangelism, that they find it easy to reach out to people and talk about Jesus. I have a friend of mine, she's actually been on this podcast, Shane Post. She can even witness to a statue and win it over to Christ, you know? She's just gifted at evangelism. But all of us, all of us are called in season and out of season, as scripture says, to share about Jesus, to share the good news of who God is to us. So we're all called to practice listening for that still small voice. So that's one. Yeah. Besides the scripture, his spirit speaks right to our spirit in our mind. Yeah, scripture backs that up, right? He says, I am the good shepherd. My sheep hear my voice like they know my voice. Which means that whether or not it's your strength, it is a promise and part of our inheritance as his kids. Mm -hmm. But sometimes (laughs) it takes more effort. And as we were saying, it's not the only way he speaks. Scripture talks very clearly about nature speaking to his character Mm -hmm. and who he is. And as you know, because we spend time together, that's probably one of my favorites outside of his still small voice. Nature speaks very clearly of who he is and his invitation to stillness or to simply be. Because you don't see his creation trying to be anything other than what he created it to be. Or to do anything other than what he created it to do. It's very much centered in its identity as his creation. You're talking about everything that isn't human. Yeah, that would that would be the general idea. Okay, so do you have some scriptures? Again, we line right. it up, right, with what scripture says. So do we have scriptures to back up how God speaks to us through his creation? Uh, 
I'm not good with the addresses. I know it says that creation pours forth speech day and night, speaking of God's character. Literally saying that man has no excuse for turning his back on God because literally everything around us declares God's majesty and who he is. Right. That's Psalm 19. Yeah. And Romans 1, which leads right in to what we're doing because Visio Divina is the practice of meditating on the creation. That's really at its center what it is. I also loved sitting out and being still before God in creation. I think it's one of my favorite places to meet with God on my prayer days. I take eight hours once a month and I go out and I spend time with God, which actually was yesterday for this month. And one of the things I love to do is be outside in his creation, reading scripture, praying, listening to worship music, journaling. Because the creation is is a temple. We, though, don't necessarily have to be outside because there are seasons, there are places, not where we live, but there are places where it snows and where it gets really cold and it's hard to be outside. And so we have this wonderful technology, cameras and phones and pretty much anything these days that's tech-based can take pictures. Yeah, that does seem to be the case. So Visio Divina is the practice of meditating on creation, meditating on pictures of creation, to notice who God is, which is really interesting when you get down to the idea of why science was created. Mm -hmm. I think in our day and age, we miss this a lot especially in the debate over science versus faith that some in the scientific community have arbitrarily created, science versus faith. Almost every discipline of science, every area of discipline of science was founded by a scientist who was a Christ follower. Because the point of science, the reason science was created as a discipline in itself, to understand The creation was a way of understanding the creator. And so to observe creation, to look at creation, to understand how creation worked was a way of growing into intimacy with the creator. We've lost that meaning in the culture that we live in now, but that's the original intent. Really, go look it up. So here we are. This is what Visio Divina is all about. Taking some pictures or a picture And meditating on it, praying and listening for God's voice in that practice. So I think that's a long enough intro, right? (laughs) So here's how we're going to do this. My experiences of this have been just having a bunch of pictures laid out on the table. And everyone would walk up who was doing the practice. They would just walk up and look at the pictures and pick one that just caught their eye. And they would pick it up and then take it somewhere and sit with it. So the first step is to have some pictures. Well, we have some pictures digitally, thanks to you. That some most of these you've actually took yourself, right? Yeah, I uh, went through a few hundred pictures. So I guess for me, I already did a little bit of it. I picked out ones that just stood out already. 
and obviously you know this, but you know, creation is my favorite thing. Flowers and nature and animals. I infinitely prefer taking photos of that than people. It's, it's part of my spiritual practices that I do anyway, is to go out and just be and look through the lens of the camera to find what God's trying to say in the moment. So yeah, I'm looking forward to this as a new, a new fun thing for me to do, which I suspect I've already done parts of and just didn't realize. <laughs> right, right. You're just being more intentional today. Yeah. I've only done this a few times myself. So that should give anyone listening some hope that, hey, it's okay. Again, we say this all the time, but it's okay to experiment. It's okay to try new things because the key to spiritual practice is the word practice. <laughs> no one, especially not God, no one expects us to have it all together. That's why we call them spiritual practices. We get to practice and we get to make mistakes. So if we can do this, quote unquote, in front of our listening <laughs> audience, right? Anyone who's listening and not maybe have this all together figured out as a new practice, you can do this too. So let's do this. We're going to pick um, a picture. We're going to look through some pictures. If you're listening to this, we invite you to do this with us. So you can pause this in between these steps and do the, the next step on your own and then come back and listen to us. So our invitation right now is to pause this this episode and go find some pictures. Lay them out. Just grab a bunch of pictures. Lay them out. Maybe even magazine. It can be magazine clippings. It doesn't need to be pictures you've taken. You can go online and collect a bunch. Or just even Google pictures of creation or whatever and find one you like and grab that one even digitally on your phone or your computer. So... Do that. Okay, so hopefully everyone listening has their picture. Kim, do you have a picture you've picked? Yeah, I do. Okay. I didn't think about this, but this is going to be interesting, us describing our pictures. Like, when we've done other practices, they've been more audio. Like, to do with listening, like reading scripture, like Lectio Divina, or listening Mm -hmm. prayer through the scriptures. But this one is very much visual. Oh, yeah. Right? (laughs) So this ought to be interesting, but it's important, right, to try this out here so people get a chance to learn a new practice. Out of the pictures that you uh, shared with me, which one do you like the best and describe it a little bit? Yeah, so it's a picture of a feather that's been buried in the rocks partway. Even though it's faded in the background, you can see um, the sun. It's actually the sunrise. I know. I took this picture, so... If you look really closely, you can even see like there's actually a spider web coming off of the top of the feather. Only the feather and like one, one or two of the rocks in the foreground are all in focus. Everything else is out of focus. It's always been one of my favorite pictures. Just out of curiosity, what's the location? That was along, I think it's the Sacramento River, Anderson, just outside of Redding. California. So north, northern. northern California, it was about, oh, just barely sunrise, freezing cold because it was fall, and it gets stinking cold up there in the fall, in the early mornings, but there's such a sense of peace and quiet and an unexpected warmth, even in the cold, that you just can't get to many other places. So yeah, that was one of my favorites, and then I just randomly saw this feather 
some bird had flown by and fallen off and got stuck in the rocks. And God's like, hey, this is for you. So take a picture of it so you don't forget. I picked the picture you took of an old beat-up truck, a GMC pickup truck, brown, rusted, barely any paint left on it, corroded in all of its edges, and has some kind of, I don't know, a kind of contained area on the back. It looks like one of those trucks that people drive around and collect junk, right? And it is sitting in what looks to be a grove of trees with lots of high grass. So that's the picture that caught my attention. I don't know why, and that's okay at this point. Right now it's about what catches your eye. Okay, now we're going to take some time to actually do the meditation. Mm -hmm. And when we talk about this meditation, this is an active process. Again, it is it is not letting go of things, though there's there's something to be said about releasing things, right, in the meditative process. Yeah. That it's not all bad to let things out, right? To empty the negative feelings and thoughts from your heart and mind. However, in this moment, we're doing the opposite. We're doing input. We're looking at the picture. We're going to notice what's in the background, what's in the foreground, what details really catch our eye in the picture in both. And then we'll sit with that. And the biggest part is to invite God into that process. So before we actually start this, this is not about us trying to connect with God in our own effort. The big part of this process is just being open, right? If you're going to let things in, you have to be open, And so we're letting God in to speak into us. It is a sacred listening. It is listening prayer. So let's start with a prayer of of invitation to God to uh, come and have his way with us. I'm going to ask you to pray. I I know that was coming. (laughs) It's a privilege for me to hear you pray. Yeah. Dad, thank you so much that you are always speaking to us. Dad, in this time, we just want to be open. Dad, we lay down anything that would be a distraction or a hindrance where we're holding on tightly. Thank you that your invitation is always to just let go and surrender. Dad, so we surrender this time to you. We want you to speak. We don't want this to be us trying to make sense of things on our own or in our own strength. But we want to hear you clearly. We want to see things the way you see them in this moment. So, Dad, we just invite you to give us your eyes and your heart and your ears in this. That we would just uh, be open to whatever it is you want to reveal to us. We ask this in the power and authority you've given us as your kids. Amen. Amen. We're going to spend time now looking at the picture. What's in the background? What's in the foreground? Where do your eyes naturally gravitate towards notice those things and just be open to letting God speak into those and ask why are my eyes gravitating to this God the point is this is a conversation and we ask the questions and listen and I would highly suggest in this process to write down what you're getting it doesn't have to be paragraphs, but to write down even just a few sentences or one or two words to describe what you're noticing 
because there's something about journaling that just helps it like sink in to your mind and heart. Yeah. What's the most given command in scripture? Don't forget. No, that's uh, number two. Whoops. <laughs> but the first one uh, is do not fear. Yeah. In the history of God relating to man, as recorded in the scriptures, do not be afraid is the most given command. All right. And the second most frequently given command is remember or don't forget. Yes. Don't be afraid and don't forget to not be afraid. <laughs> and so this is why journaling is important because right there, God knows we are forgetful people. <laughs> you know, we, we forget all the time. Even what we know, we forget to practice it, right? So it's mm-hmm. good to journal. Okay. So at this point, if you're listening and you're practicing this with us, I suggest you hit pause and do the meditative work inviting God into this and looking at the picture and see what comes out. Okay, so Kim, why don't you go first and uh, share with us what you, what you noticed. What did you see in the background and what did you see in the foreground? So in the background, just the glow of the sunrise. Like it, it doesn't actually take up that much of the picture, but... It feels like it fills the whole frame still at the same time. Mm. Um, in the foreground, obviously, the, the feather caught in the rocks, because that's quite purposely focused on. So, What really catches your eye? Any other details that catch your eye in the picture? Yeah, you know, the feather's a lot darker than the background is, but there's still moments where the feathers actually catch the light. And then also, I, I was noticing that Feather's not where it belongs. Obviously, if it was where it belonged, you'd be attached to a bird and I'd be having a really hard time getting that picture. <laughs> and you can tell, like, there's, like, a kind of a slice where part of the feather is almost missing or has been pressed apart from each other. But from where it was supposed to be, I would never have gotten the shot in the first place. And it just feels like it's, like, being held up by the rocks. You know, it was really actually windy that morning. Hmm. If the feather wasn't anchored in there pretty well, it would have gone flying off. So, yeah, those were kind of the things that stood out for me. Did you write down any scriptures that popped in your head? No. (laughs) Okay. I'm asking because some popped in my head, so I figured because it happened to me, I'd ask. I mean, that's what's going to come next. Mm -hmm. What we're going to do next is, uh, like, write down what we're hearing, allowing the Holy Spirit to speak. So maybe scriptures will come that way. Mm Mm-hmm. They just happen to come for me this this time. For me, what caught my eye right away is just the truck itself. It's different from a lot of the other pictures. I like different things. I like when things stick out that are different from everything else, maybe because I'm different. So that stuck out. But what really stuck out to me as I was looking at the picture is this truck is worn down. It's no longer operating, no longer of any use. That was a big thing. And then uh, what was in the background, the truck is kind of on an angle. So as it disappears like into, what do you call the back um, horizon line or in pictures? There's a word for it. You know, as it goes back, the, the angle diminishes. And as that goes back almost into the, the trees hanging down, the side of the truck is what's you know going back, and what I noticed is there's words actually painted almost you know going into the trees, so you can only see some of the words, 
but they're painted in like white paint on the rusted and slim side of the truck bed. It's not very much room Mm -hmm. because it's like a flatbed. And there's three words that you can make out. Brooks Well Racing. So it's probably, you know, Brooks Well Racing is the name of a company. Well, as soon as I read those words, two scriptures popped into my mind. One is John 4. He's recording the words that Jesus says to a woman from Samaria who traditionally her people and Jesus' people are, they don't really like each other much. They're kind of enemies. And Jesus is talking to her and he says, everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty. Talking about the well, right? But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. The water that I give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Brooks Well Racing. And then the other passage is from Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 through 2, talking about Jesus. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. And then we get to the foreground. The most prominent feature in the foreground of the picture is a tree trunk, just on the edge of the right side of frame. And it caused me to think about how the whole truck actually is surrounded by trees and plants that are alive and growing as this thing in the middle of frame slowly rusts and deteriorates, right? And this scripture came to mind as I was thinking about that. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates. Hey, what are we doing here? (laughs) So that's irony. And on his law, he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither, and all that he does, he prospers. And that is actually the first psalm, Psalm 1, verses 1 through 3. So those are the things that popped into my brain as I was looking at the picture. And I guess it's good to say that... I am an Enneagram 7 who has a lot of thoughts, so I just think a lot. It's where I live out of first is if you're talking about mind, body, and spirit, my natural inclination is to go mind first. Yeah. My mind generates a lot of thoughts, then those generate a lot of feelings, and those feelings then try to get suppressed by my gut because I have an Enneagram 9 gut, which is like you. So the point of all that is to say that not everyone is going to think that many thoughts as me, and that's okay. That's fine. You know, like yours, details were less verbose than mine. That's good. Sometimes succinct is better. So just giving people warning that just be you in this process, right? Yeah. Okay, and the last step we're going to do, the final step, is to sit with what we have noticed and invite God to speak something to us. I often say it in language of, what is your gift or invitation to me? What are you giving me or inviting me into through what I'm noticing? So 
awareness leads to an invitation. When God makes us aware of things, as this is what we're doing, we're becoming aware of things in the picture. When God makes us aware of something, there's always an invitation baked into that. And that invitation is the invitation to obedience. And obedience not being a, a thing of drudgery, but a thing of freedom. That's what God has for us. Obedience to God leads to freedom. So what we're going to do now is we're just going to take some time to ask the Holy Spirit to speak to us a gift or invitation, and let's write it out. I think the most popular book on this subject in our culture is Sarah Young's Jesus Calling, Mm. where she practices this. And if you're not used to doing this, it can feel weird. If you are a Christ follower, trust the Holy Spirit who lives within you and just start writing and see what pops out. Let the Holy Spirit write a letter to you and see what pops out. So we get to ask, we make ourselves open, and that's all God asks. So if you are listening, just pause this recording and write, and we will do the same. All right, Kim, I'll go first if you'd like. Yeah, I always like. (laughs) All right, as I was writing, this is what I wrote from God to me. When you think of a race, what comes to mind the most for you right now? Isn't it the high expenditure of physical energy which continues to grow and taking its toll the longer the race goes on? That's not true when it comes to running the spiritual race. If you choose to run with me rather than run for me. Unlike the truck in the picture, running with me is not meant to run you down, but strengthen you with grace upon grace the longer you're in the race. That's because this race is all about a relationship with me. The longer you run, the more intimately you know me. The more you know me, the one who is life, the more of my life resonates and reverberates both within you and through you to those in relationship with you. So notice where you are feeling tired and run down right now. And let me speak life into those places. Let my living water flow into the areas in you that feel dry and used up right now. They will come to life again because I am your life and I am always with you. So keep running the race by growing in your openness to me. Run with me, not for me. And the scripture that came to mind as I wrote all of that down is John 17.3. These are actually Jesus' words in prayer the night before he died, right? Mm-hmm. The night before he was arrested and killed. John seventeen three says, And this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. How about you? Well, I mean, I guess technically I jumped ahead a little bit last time because I already had half of this written down. <laughs> hey, that's okay. This is not strict, rigid rules here. This is you go with the flow. You know, you let the Holy Spirit lead. And that happens to me when I'm doing sacred reading, Lectio mm-hmm. Divina, and, you know, using the scriptures as listening prayer. There's three things, right? I read it three times, and the first time I read it, I go, what do you want to highlight to me? Second time I read through it, before I read it, I pray, what is, what is my emotional response? Help me notice it. Mm-hmm. And the third time I read it, 
before I read it, I say, God, what is what is the gift or invitation you have for me? Which is the same question here at the end. Sometimes I'm getting things for gift or invitation in the first reading, or I'm noticing my emotional response in the first reading. So you just write them down as they come. God's not going to stay in a lane. He's the God who loves to kick our boxes. Now, we've tried to put them in boxes, and God will not fit. So all that to say, you go with the flow. Immediately there's that Emily Dickinson poem that I only know a part of, but talks about hope being the many-feathered thing. I don't know any of it, so... Yeah, well, you know, what can I say? I'm I'm a little bit of a poetry nerd occasionally. So hope... Being a many-feathered thing. I don't know why that always that line always stuck out to me, whereas I can't remember pretty much any of the rest of the poem. Because uh, I think she actually takes it in a dark turn. But, mm. you know, shelter. You know, like where the Bible talks about God sheltering us under his wings. You know, by the feathers of his wings we are covered. And then the reminder of sparrows, you know, how much God values them. And, you know, then he says how much more worth we have than many sparrows. In Matthew 6... Somewhere in that range. Matthew 6 or 7. <laughs> then what I heard is, he's like, there's hope and beauty, daughter, even in the broken places, even in the feathers that seem lost. Mm. You're still held firmly in my hand. The world has left marks on you, wounded and left scars, but oh, the beauty I see in you resting in me, the rock that upholds you. Though the wind tries to blow you out of my grasp, you are firmly anchored. There is always hope beyond your brokenness. Stop looking at the broken places and instead look for where I am holding you up. There will always be beauty there. Beauty, rest, and joy are my invitations to you. Let my warmth, my light, bring out the work of art that you are. And then I kept hearing that song, uh, Firm Foundation, that Maverick City does, where it says, You are my firm foundation, the rock on which I stand. When everything around me is shaken, I've never been more glad that I put my faith in Jesus Because he's never let me down. He's faithful through generations, so why would he fail now? He Mm. won't. Mm. He won't. Wow. So then the question is, what areas does this feel like God is speaking into? Are there Mm. specifics for us? A lot of the times he's speaking very specifically into some area so that we obey and let him in or take the step, whatever it is. Yeah. I had another anxiety attack over something kind of small and that led to some major freaking out about whether or not if I can't manage something tiny how am I supposed to manage as if I'm actually supposed to manage you know everything that he's called you and I to do and I think he's like well you're focusing on the wrong thing let go look where I am not where I'm not you're acting like you have to do it on your strength and it's simply you just resting and being with me and letting me into this letting me be where you stand on this, not on what you can do and what you can't do. So what does that look like practically speaking? What's the practice right now to let him in? I think I started doing it yesterday. Be more intentional to be still and acknowledge where I'm at. You know, I am an Enneagram 9, which means that I'm really good at hiding from myself, from the conflicts, the internal stuff. While you were on your prayer day yesterday, I kind of had an unintentional one that I wasn't expecting where God's like, hey, will you just do whatever I invite you to do next? And I was actually paying attention for a change. Nice. Like starting with, instead of listening to an audio book while you're mowing the lawn for your parents, will you listen to a podcast? I'm like, 
oh, come on, I just want to relax. I'm tired. I just got off work. And he's like, well, you haven't done this in forever. Because I used to just go through and go, okay, okay, God, what do you want to highlight? Which, where do you want me to go? I've got a few hundred choices when it comes to podcasts. Don't we all, Don't, right? Yeah. And he brought up this one that I actually sent to you that day. But he's like, listen to this. And it's talking about going into a new season and, and in a new season, not praying the same way, but asking God to wake you up and give you a new prayer for the season. Mm. You know, so at this point, I've already worked at 5.30 in the morning. I went right from work to mowing the lawn. Normally, normal Kim mode would be to go home and take a nap. Let's face it, that's, that's my standard is I'm exhausted. I'm peopled out. And God's like, hey, I know what you'd like to do right now. But what if you and I went out and enjoyed each other? And he's like, I want you to go to Sweet Springs. I'm like, but, um, Dad, I know Kurt goes there on his prayer days, and he's a little territorial about his prayer days in some respects. He's like, I'm inviting you out here. If he has a problem with it, it's his problem. I didn't have a problem with it. I know. Anyway, so I literally remember, he's like, just just go. And he's like, if you feel better, you can take where you, you can take the route where you think you're going to pass by Kurt just so you can calm down. Mm-hmm. And so I did, and I remember just sitting there and just being that invitation to just be. There's something about the wind off the water and all the greenery, and God's like, this is what I want for you, to just be and stop focusing on what you can't do or what Mm. you think you can't do and just slow down and take it one invitation at a time. That's a lot less pressure. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I had you pack your camera in. Had a couple deer jump over the fence and come incredibly close. Seeing the light play through things and more feathers because he and I have a thing with feathers. You know, and he's like, look at all these gifts. He's like, I want to do this with you more often. Instead of you going and finding your own ways of resting, which aren't necessarily good when they're taking the place of me. Do this instead. You've got this place right here. Just come out and, you know, be more intentional. I would say sort of similarly... There's an issue for me that's making me feel worn down like that truck in the picture, I guess. In some ways, it's this rental house that we have. There's the possibility of a leak under the foundation Mm -hmm. that it's causing the foundation to crack or at least water to bubble up in places and the the house to settle in weird ways. and, And there's this fear that's developing between my wife and I that we may have to move out of this rental that we've lived in since we've moved here eight years ago. God has gifted us this house for that long, which is unusual for a rental property in this town. The fear is that we'll either have to move out or workers will come in and have to tear out the concrete floor in the garage, you know, and it'll be majorly disruptive. And Yesterday on the prayer day, I felt like God giving this invitation, pray and ask me for a sign. The sign being, if there's minimal disruption and you don't have to move out, that you and your wife are being called to open your home to the neighborhood more as a way to connect with all of your neighbors in a relational way to just let my presence in you exude out in love just from being together, which our house, especially for my wife, is kind of like her castle, her fortress, her you know, fortress of solitude kind yeah. of thing. And so it felt like he was turning what could be something that is going to be a major hassle 
into a prayer of anticipation for an adventure, which is life, right? Yeah. You know, anxiety is death. Anxiety wears us down. But God's like, what if instead of an, you know, something to be anxious for, this is something to be curious about? Anxiety versus curiosity. To pray towards a sign, praying towards curiosity for something cool to develop in the relationships with your neighbors. That's life, you know? When we have curiosity towards things, it sparks life in us. When we have anxiety, it sparks death and wearing down. So it feels like what I just wrote down is the Holy Spirit speaking right to our circumstances to speak life into this moment. That's cool. That's encouraging, which is what I've discovered as I do these listening kind of prayers is to notice all my anxieties are not God. They're the enemy trying to disrupt me from listening to God's voice that's bubbling up from below that. Because God's voice, even when it's convicting, is encouraging. And usually the conviction is, hey, you're holding on to impatience with yourself and I'm being patient with you. Hey, you're holding on to burdens and not letting me in. Can I carry those for you? So God's conviction is usually encouraging (laughs) to give us more joy and peace, right? Yep. Okay, that was a lot out of one little practice. (laughs) Yeah. And if it feels daunting like you didn't get the things that we got, that's okay. We've been practicing, maybe not this practice, but we've been practicing Lectio Divina and other forms of listening prayer quite frequently. And we're different personality types and we do a lot of writing. So it's okay if yours were shorter that's good. Like, just take whatever you got and walk with it. Like, we have our, basically our marching orders. Do the same. And really all that's left to do is to ask God to help us walk this out. So, Kim, will you close us out by praying for me? And I will close us out by praying for you. And we will both pray for those listening. Yeah, Dad. Thank you for speaking to us today. Dad, you know Kurt's heart and all of this. And Father, thank you that you are the one who gives him strength. That the closer he walks with you, the more you hold him up. And the less the less it becomes about what he can do or his strength or his energy level. And it becomes more and more about just how good and how big you really are for him. Dad, I pray that that would be true also for the people listening. That they would walk closer and closer with you. That, that this practice and others wouldn't be burdens or obligations but that they would see them as invitations invitations to go deeper and deeper into a relationship with you that they would grow deeper and deeper in seeing just how good and kind and patient you are with us you never lose your patience with us father but how often we do i thank you that you don't condemn us but that you always are the one that encourages us i just pray that that would be that would be what happens with this practice, Dad, that we would see you more clearly and experience you more fully in all of this. God, I thank you for Kim's awareness yesterday to notice when she usually is tempted to hide from her anxiety, and instead she listened closely and accepted your invitation to walk with you. And I thank you that that has led to today, to being more open to hearing from you in this practice to hearing the same encouragement, to take the the next steps that you gave her yesterday. So I bless her with greater awareness, 
greater courage to take those steps, to surrender herself to you, to see the invitation and walk in it. I bless her with boldness and humility as your beloved daughter to walk this out. God, I pray that for everyone listening, that they will continue to listen more closely to you through practices like like this one, and that they will hear you more clearly and obey you right away, more boldly. We pray these things in the authority and the power you've given us through your death and resurrection and through your Holy Spirit, Jesus. We pray these things in your authority. Amen. Amen. This is great. Thank you, Kim, for doing this. Anytime. And thank you for all of you who did this with us. Until next time. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Life Hurts, God Heals. And if you're curious to know more about us and what we offer, we are part of a larger organization called Elevate Slow, which is a disciple-making movement intent on seeing the good news of who Jesus is and what he's done for us, planted in every culture around the world. If you'd like more information, you can go to our website, elevateslow.com. That's elevateslo.com. And as always, please remember that you are God's beloved, so be loved.